We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Yo, what's good, Knicks Nation? Alex Chateras here, a.k.a. the Tratocaster, back again with another Game of the Week preview. This time we're previewing Game 6. The Knicks make their way back down to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat, pushing it to a Game 6. Come on, guys. We got to get hyped. We got to get ready. So you know what that means. We got to do this internally. We got to get Knicks Nation here ready and correct. So we got with us today, KFTV's very own Jeffrey Campbell. He's our draft expert, but... He's been tuned in, obviously, like we've been. But before we ask Jeff how he's doing, make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. And make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com. What's good, Jeff? How you feeling today, man? All is good, man. Listen, can I say the vibes are immaculate? I can't say the vibes are immaculate, but they're solid right now. Um, we, we staved off the elimination. We live to fight another day. That's the name of the story here, just to have an opportunity to play game six in the Miami. Keep this magical Knicks season going is all that we can ask for. So I'm doing very well, Alex. How about yourself? I'm doing well too, man. Look, Knicks won yesterday, 112 to 103 against the Miami Heat, right? And that's what we needed in order to push this game out. You didn't want to see this team come in lifeless and and, and not and not just, you know, show no sense of urgency. Like there was there was very little of that in game four, right? So it was good to see them bounce back in that way. You get, so, you get a little bit of momentum right now. Let's see if they can carry that back, like I said, to South Beach, okay? So for everyone who doesn't know, all right, we can catch this coverage on ESPN tomorrow, Friday at 7.30 p.m. at the Kaseya Center. How many name changes does Miami, the Miami Heat have to make for this arena? But, hey, that's what it is. But, Jeff, let's start off here. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Let's get right into the conversation. What has your thoughts been? Uh... What was, what was your thoughts of the Knicks' win yesterday in Game 5? I would say that um, it was very much kind of an epitome of the Knicks' season, a bit of a roller coaster, right? If you think about how this season has gone, we start off kind of underwhelming in terms of the expectations for this team. 
the coach is on the hot seat. James Dolan is saying, hey, you have the green light if you want to make a coaching change. And all of a sudden, Tibbs changes the rotation and we shoot off like a rocket. You know, all of a sudden our offensive rating is crazy. We have young guys contributing at very high, high levels. And um, we're looking like a really solid and competitive basketball team. So it kind of looked like a lot of what this, this game looked like as well. The first quarter was trash. Um, I, I think from an effort standpoint, we didn't do what we needed to do to be competitive. Um, and all of a sudden, that second unit comes in in the second quarter. And, you know, we, we show life. Obi gives us pace. Jalen Brunson uh, obviously plays 48 minutes in a, in a Herculean effort to really lift us to victory. And, uh, you know, you, you saw the tweets, right? Alex, you were on Twitter just like I was. Everyone was like, listen, this is it after the first quarter. I guess we don't have it. And it was very clear that this Knicks team did not say die, was not going to let us down, uh, especially on the garden floor. No one wanted to see the heat celebrating on our home court and they really put together um, a very heartfelt effort a lot of pride on the line and and they showed it so that that's my biggest takeaway is that even though the Heat have been the better team this series I think even the most ardent Knicks supporter would have to admit that we said that no Emmanuel quickly he's a big part of our rotation Um, we didn't have him and even with Julius really struggling early on this team really gutted it out. And that's been our motto this entire season. And we gutted out a victory last night in the most important way possible. Absolutely, Jeff. And I agree with everything you said, especially the description of the game, right? It started off slow like the season, then it started to pick up. And that's also kind of just been the way we've seen the Knicks play throughout the regular season, right? It's either they come out strong or they have like a lackadaisical first, ha- first quarter and then they start to you know, like a jalopy, right? Start to get it going. Once they start moving, once you start seeing the wheels turn, that engine starts roaring and everything's okay. But as you said, it was a gutsy win, a very determined team effort. I like what they what I saw from them. I think the big thing for me, though, for, for watching that team and what changed is that this team was playing a lot of half court, right? The transition hasn't been there for most of the series. <clears throat> you needed some sort of spark. Second quarter, second unit comes in. And Jalen Brunson with them. And you just start seeing like the flow of the offense, right? You start seeing everyone run up and down the court, trying to get in transition, get the, get into their sets early. Something we haven't really seen throughout this entire series, as I said. And with that, it seemed like it jolted what needed to happen. And then once ever, once even when Julius came back in, subbed out Obi, we started to see that same momentum continue, even into the third quarter, right? You see Randall getting the ball, making the quick decision. All right, I'm going to go downhill pass out of the double team and you find whether it's Grimes or RJ on the perimeter for a three-point shot. And that was the trickle effect that we needed to get back into rhythm. Is there anything that you saw from an offensive standpoint or defensive standpoint, just from a strategy, I guess, overall that happened in yesterday's game that we haven't either seen or that you were, that was refreshing for you? I would say the biggest thing is, um, I mean, you would have to mention it, it's it's somewhat of an obvious take, but it's something that you brought up earlier. You talked about staggering Brunson or Randall more with the second unit, and it wasn't just a stagger. I mean, Brunson played forty eight minutes. He had a short thirty second you know timeout where Deuce came in <laughs> briefly, call it a cup of coffee or whatever. But um, Tibbs 
was very clear on the sense that if I'm going out, I'm going out with my horses, with I'm going out with my strong guys, with the guys that I believe in, the guys that got me here. And uh, that was the biggest adjustment that we could see. I was trying to watch the um, the Heat's defense mostly because the one thing that worried me a lot was um, as, as a Knicks team, we were rotating so much because we were either playing drop coverage with Mitch and we weren't switching a lot. And this caused a lot of rotation and the heat were killing us on that because their passes were very crisp, very quick. They're finding the open man and we're scrambling all over the place. So I, I can't say that I saw like a big change, but I did see them with perimeter guys do a lot more switching. So if Grimes and Hart were out there or Grimes and Barrett were out there, they were switching more. Um, but the Heat are still pulling a lot of 1-5 pick and roll. So they're trying to bring Bam up and they're trying to put Mitch on an island. If if you're going to switch, you're going to have him guarding somebody on the perimeter, which is going to be very difficult for him. But the Knicks, um, and if I have to be honest too, like I think we have to call a spade a spade. The Heat missed a lot of open shots last night. You know, uh, that's just a fact. Now, if you're looking on the other side of that, they weren't a very good three-point shooting team during the regular season. So there's a large sample size of Heat basketball that says, you know, even if they have three-point shots, they're not going to make them at a very high clip. If you're a Knicks fan, you're hoping that they're, you know, kind of regressing towards the mean in that sense. So if they're, if that is true, that's great for us. Um, but, you know, hopefully that can still remain the same, but I don't think defensively there was a lot different. Um, I think we were, if anything that I can say was different from the previous game to last night's game, we were just a step quicker to loose balls. We were much better at finding that 50-50 ball, that 50-50 offensive rebound, that defensive rebound, we were much quicker in that step. And I think it paid big dividends for us. Absolutely. You saw the hustle that we didn't get to see in game four. And that was the big change for the Knicks in this game. I mean, how, how fitting is it to have Julius Randle on a hustle play to seal the game at the end <laughs> when he was getting, and rightfully so he was getting the credit, rightfully so he was getting criticism for yeah. the lack of effort in game four. It's just fitting that he he did that, and he had a great game yesterday. But, Jeff, what moment throughout yesterday's game, and I know it was a, a cardiac affair. It was, it was cardiac Knicks, as we've been accustomed to for parts of the season. At what point were did you have that aha moment where you were confident the Knicks were, were going to pull this one out? It had to be – there's two moments that stick out in my mind, Alex. I definitely want to know what you think as well. but. The RJ block on Jimmy was was very symbolic for me. You know, RJ and Jimmy, they go back, right? They have history. You saw that game, I forget whether it was earlier this year or last year, where Jimmy was kind of teaching RJ some game a little bit. You know, he, mm-hmm. was, he was kind of spitting to him a little bit and say, listen, use your body more, do this, do that. I think he saw a little bit of himself in RJ. And all of a sudden, the, te- the, the, uh, the student becomes the master, and RJ gets a big block on Jimmy. I'm sure Jimmy was a little bit surprised by that. Um, And then the other moment that is a huge one for me is Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes, another partner in the 48 club with Mm -hmm. um, his backcourt mate, Jalen Brunson, gets a massive steal 
on Jimmy Butler after what seems to be like a pretty significant cramp that he got where his, uh, or hyperextended knee, whatever it was, where his left or right leg was essentially stiff and he couldn't really move that well. But you see Jimmy try to pull off an in and out dribble and he moves to his right side. Grimes anticipates it, gets the steal while he's somewhat injured. The crowd goes absolutely insane. That was a moment where I was like, okay, because you couldn't feel safe after the third quarter because, yeah, we got up to a 19-point lead, but we gave it back. And you started to have doubt creep in your mind in terms of these are the heat, they're playoff tested, they're tough, and they know how to come back. But we showed a lot of grit and a lot of heart in that situation. I would say those two moments stick out to me in terms of um, kind of symbolic moments where I felt like, okay, I think we got this. Yeah, for me, definitely. I mean, those are great highlight moments for young guys in their in the second round of the playoffs. Obviously, RJ, this is his second second time around in a playoff, I guess, in the postseason, right? This is his second time in the postseason. Grimes is his first time. Both big moments in their careers. Um, both against Jimmy Butler, too. Both good defensive plays against Jimmy Butler at, at that for a guy who's known for defense, right? Um, those are two great moments. The one for me is, is Mitchell Robinson knocking down free throws. As soon as you get Mitchell Robinson like knocking that. down free throws, I'm like, this game, I'm like, there is nothing else you can tell me. Now, now this team's in a groove. If Mitch is hitting free throws, especially when he hits back-to-back free throws, I, I, that's it. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. What were your takeaways from Miami, though? Because you see them, you talked about the one and five pick and roll. They're trying to get Mitch on the perimeter, get the, uh, get our rim uh, protector away, so that way they have an open lane. But what else are you seeing that Miami has been doing, trying to throw off the throw off the Knicks? You know, it's interesting. I know in doing these a lot uh, game previews that you've had a chance to talk to a lot of um, Heat guys, guys that are popular on Twitter. There was someone that posted something today that really interested me. His name is John Jablanca. I don't know, you know, necessarily what affiliation he's with, but he talked a lot about the Heat offense. And for most of the regular season, it being kind of a mediocre offense. And the way that he talked about the offense was that their their offensive efficiency is really predicated on getting their shooters open. Running, running the opposing defense through a lot of screens, trying to get them to rotate, and essentially saying that Jimmy Butler is really the only player who can create off the dribble or get to the rim at an efficient and high level. So what it essentially comes down to is Jimmy being Jimmy Butler, which there's no reason to think that he wouldn't be, but more importantly for the supplementary and, and supporting cast, to hit open shots when they come off screens. So if they're not doing that, they're very beatable. And so, you know, this guy, John was kind of like, you know, the heat, the heat offense is somewhat mediocre, but when they hit their shots, they're very good. Not having Tyler hero really hurts them a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he also talked about the Knicks. He said, he still felt like it was a very winnable game. And if I was a heat fan, I would feel that way too if you come back from 19 and, and cut it to be pretty close. Yeah. Um, but what I'm taking away from the heat, if, if I'm the heat, I'm in the locker room and I'm saying we just didn't hit shots, but I can't necessarily feel like that's a truly objective take 
because you didn't hit a lot of shots in the regular season. And if you are regressing to the mean, you're going to have to create a lot more off the dribble. And Mitchell Robinson is still a really good rim protector. Um, I know he hasn't been, he's not, he's not at the height that he was in the Cleveland series, but it's still going to be difficult to score over him. Um, I have to think that Josh Hart is going to be play better than he did in this game because I'm sure we'll get into that, but you know, he was, he was rough to, to, to say the least, but um, you know, the only takeaway from the heat is they did miss a lot of shots. Um, If they're going to continue the form that they had in this series and and the Bucks series, they will probably hit more, but um, you know, we have confidence as the Knicks. Now we won a game. And I think we did pretty well. And, you know, Jalen Brunson dropped, what was it, 38 points? Yep. I, I mean, you know, you have to worry about guarding him. If Julius gets hot, uh, I, I, think there's, I think there's a lot to be optimistic for if you're a Knicks fan right now. There's absolutely a lot of stuff to be optimistic for as a Knicks fan, especially when you see the offense get back into the rhythm they, they've been throughout the regular season because with Quinton Grimes back in there, and we saw this in game four where the spacing was better, and when you get Quinton Grimes to hit, he hit three of his shots yesterday. When you have Grimes, who's able to knock down the three, punish opponents with his quick first step and attack them, even though he, he smoked that layup, that's the type of stuff that when you get Grimes into that rhythm, for, that, for the starters, you start to see Brunson starting to hit his threes, you get you Randall hitting his threes. You yep. get RJ hitting their three, his threes because he's creating that space, right? He's now causing the defense to collapse and then giving other opportunities. And then the opponent has to scramble. Or is Grimes going to pass to the center inside? Are they going to be open? And as we see with Miami, they don't want Mitch to get the easy putback or easy dunks at all. And they're, going, they're willing to hack him and force him to shoot free throws. But if that's going to be the case, then Grimes can easily just pass it right back out and everyone's collapsing in. As we see for the Knicks, right, it is difficult to close out on guys from the per- on the perimeter if you're in the paint. It is too far of a distance to cover. So, with with that spacing for that, I guess that it's helped the Knicks. I think for Miami though, and you talk about them missing their shots. Yeah, they didn't miss their shots. You hope that they're regressing to the mean. For for me too, it's you watch Jimmy Butler and. You know, shout out to JD for for mentioning, like always talking about you don't overhelp on Jimmy Butler. Don't you don't have to double team that much. And you saw what Grimes was able to do on one leg, as he noted on his as the iconic call right now. The iconic call that's 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 fluttering off social media for JD's amazing call on the Quentin Grimes stop on Jimmy Butler. When you can just leave one person on Jimmy Butler, you don't have to help. It's gonna force Miami to make some typical decisions. Okay, do you, are you going to be able to get around Grimes to get into the paint? Because that's what they've been successful with. If Jimmy can just easily walk in, which is what he did against Milwaukee, and get to his mid-range spots, it's going to open up all that perimeter shooting that you talk about. Plus, you're setting off-ball screens and all of that nature. The Knicks really just need to focus on one person on Jimmy, in my opinion, and, and that's it. And also, staying at the level, staying on the perimeter with those three-point shooters because – that's their bread and butter right now. If you're going to force them to take difficult shots, please, but don't give them the the air room, the space, so they can look at it, get easy looks. I mean, we saw that for Duncan Robinson. You know, he started getting hot in the second half, and you're like, can we just? Not, we you can't leave that guy open. I know he hasn't played in what feels like ages, right? After getting the big contract, 
but you still cannot leave him open because he can knock down the three. Honestly, Alex, what you said is 100% correct. And think about it this way, right? If you're a fan watching the game at home, Kevin Love, Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, the only one out of those guys that can kind of create off the dribble a little bit is Max Struess. Like, I saw him take Julius to the hole uh, uh, another night a little bit. He, he does a little bit of a better job of attacking closeouts. But what are they feasting off of? They're feasting off open shots because when Jimmy has the ball and he's initiating offense, what do we do? We either double or we hedge. And Brunson will come up. He'll kind of show a little bit. He'll try and impede Jimmy's way of getting around the pick, and then he'll come back. And then now it causes everybody to rotate. So the Heat have found a very efficient rhythm with that rotation. Everyone knows exactly how to move when Jimmy is coming off a screen or whatever it is. But if we just have one person in front and, okay, if he gets around the screen, fine. We do have to deal with Jimmy cutting to the hole, but it's a lesser of two evils. Okay, maybe he gets a a layup at the rim or a tough floater or whatever, but it's not an open three off rotation for Max Strews, Kevin Love, or Duncan Robinson. So at, at this point, I would rather take that. And if Tibbs, honestly, Tibbs really does need to see that. He needs to see the fact that, when we disrupt the Heat's movement and their ability to create um, all of this movement off, you know, us doubling somebody at the top of the key, it's going to create a, maybe a, you know, a less efficient shot or whatever. But I, I think what you said is exactly the key there. And once again, we're talking to KFTV's very own Jeffrey Campbell. He's our draft expert for the website, XFanTV.com. Salute to Knicks Nation, to all the channel members and everyone in the chat right now. I see we even got some Heat fans in here. Salute to Uh, all of you. We got 200 in the chat. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com. All right, Jeff. Talked about game five. Great feel-good. Great feel-good stuff. Now we got to talk about game six. We got a little bit of momentum, as you noted earlier in this. What adjustments are you expecting for Tom Thibodeau in this game in this game in particular? I mean, we got the 48 minutes as you talked about. We may have to get that again. But what are you looking from Tom Thibodeau this time? I think from a defensive standpoint, what we talked about a little bit, I really, really would like to see less um, of an emphasis of doubling or hedging on these screens when Jimmy has the ball. I want to give I think Quentin Grimes showed us a lot in game five. And I want to give him more of a chance to either get over the screen or try and keep Jimmy in front of him before we commit to sending multiple guys at him. Um, You know, we don't need to do this for Gabe Vincent. And, you know, I I think that that's the defensive adjustment that I want to see. And also Tibbs showed us in games four in game four that he is really willing to go with the hot hand. I, I think that the fact that Josh Hart played as few minutes as he did in the game, granted he was in foul trouble, but we know the way that Tibbs loves and supports his vets. Um, he leans on those guys a lot, but the fact that he was willing to go away from a guy that had such a massive impact on our regular season success shows you that. And, and even the fact that, you know, Julius had sat, for periods during this series and even during the Cavs series um, as well shows you that I think he's ready to 
move towards whatever is is giving us the best chance to win, which is super important. So I think defensively, if we the two things, if if we don't focus solely on doubling at the point of attack and making our defense rotate relentlessly, which really tires our guys out, and the Heat are going to be home. So I always think that gives you a little bit of a shooting edge, shooting in your gym, a gym, a gym that you're accustomed to. So if we don't do that, and if we ride the hot hand, who knows? Listen, if Obi's in there and he's pushing the pace, give him minutes. Let him play out there for a little bit. You know, if if Josh Hart comes back and, and he's hitting his open threes and, um, you know, he's rebounding, which is something that he's always going to do well, give him some more time. But don't don't stick to your rotations in a really rigid way that's going to kind of maybe hold back the potential from some of the other players really shining in this game. I like those. I like those. I, I like those thoughts. And I think with Josh Hart being in foul trouble yesterday and forcing Tom Thibodeau to go in the direction of just trusting Quentin Grimes, hopefully he saw that game and said, you know what? Quentin Grimes is going to get a lot of minutes. If he's able to do like, once again, we go back to that one leg stop against Jimmy Butler, the determination, the grit, the tenacity, you see how he's fighting around screens. I mean, Kyle Lowry was having a hard time when Quentin Grimes was on him, and so was Jimmy Butler. Right. I, I think my thing for Tibbs is how much time is Grimes going to get in this series? Because he hasn't gotten a lot of time since he's came back. And he came back in game five against the Cavaliers, but he got, I think, what, 10 minutes in game one? He got a little bit more in game two because... You know, it was like, okay, we need Grimes back out there. You saw him close. But then game three, game four, Grimes was like, I mean, game four, he played, he was a starter again. But game three, it was like, where's where's Grimes again? Like, why is he with the second unit? He's back. He's healthy. He should be playing. And now with this, I hope to see him more. But the question is, for me, for Tibbs, where do you go with, because RJ has been Strong man, and let's talk about RJ for for a bit before I, I would, we, Alex, we, we ask about we ask about uh, we think about what the Heat are going to do to to adjust. Like this is this is a question. What RJ's been stellar so far this postseason? Stellar. What do you what are you thinking if you're Tom Tito? Because you mentioned it, you have Josh Hart who you've gone to. We've seen RJ get benched in the fourth quarter, and that lineup of it was Brunson, IQ, Hart. Uh, Randall and Mitch, or even Hartenstein, if it wasn't Mitchell Robinson. What do you do now if you're Tom Thibodeau with RJ playing the way that he does? And if you're so fixated usually on playing Josh Hart in those closing minutes? This is what I see with RJ. And, you know, I've, I've done post games for, um, you know, our, our website, and I've been critical of RJ. And I think most objective fans on some level should be critical of RJ in terms of his production this year. Yeah, you can say he's 22 years old, but this is his fourth year. And there's certain jumps and steps that we want him to make as a, as a player on a professional level. But I, what I've seen with RJ is when he plays off the ball in the first quarter, if he hits a couple of shots, it has a drastic impact on his confidence to initiate offense after that. So if he hits shots off the ball and in the corner, then when you give him the ball and you ask him to play make, whether it's creating a shot for himself or someone else, 
he's much better at processing the game. So if there's a pass that's to be made, he's going to make it. If there's uh, a driving lane that is there, he's going to take it. I actually think that running a little bit more of the offense through RJ is a smart idea given what he's shown us this year. Listen, if if they want Jalen Brunson to play 48 minutes again, he's going to play 48 minutes again. You're not going to hear a peep out of me because um, that's just where we are in the series. But giving RJ a little bit more of responsibility in terms of playmaking abilities, he's earned that, in my opinion. I think that the fact that he's playing his best ball at this point in the year says a lot about the type of work that he's put into this. It says a lot about the type of character and the type of player that he is. So I'm fine with seeing the ball in his hands a little bit more, maybe even in crunch time, but especially early in the game. If he hits his shots early, he's the type of guy that can that can get things going. Absolutely. I've just been impressed, man, because there's been a lot of chatter, obviously, about RJ from, you know, no one likes to hear that he's only 22 years old, about the up and down season and all of that. And then he comes, turns it around during the most important time of the year in the postseason. Hasn't really, ha- hasn't had a bad game, honestly. Like outside of the first two against Cleveland, everyone had a bad game in game three, but he has been very consistent. And the fact that he's been very consistent playing his brand of basketball and just, he really hasn't had to do anything different. Like you're not seeing new moves that are implemented. He is still getting downhill playmaking, doing what he's been doing <laughs> for the last couple of years. And it's working for him. He he is forcing the defense to say, stop me. That is how he's playing right now, which is very impressive that he's not only done this against the Cavs, but he's also doing this against Miami. And I'm with you. If you're, I'm fine with him getting more minutes. I'm at this point, I understand what Josh Hart means and you, you're going as a coach, you want to balance out who's has a hot hand, who's feeling it that night. But the way RJ has been playing, it's hard to, to think about not having him or Grimes on the floor, especially if you're going to have Brunson and Randall out there. It is very tough to think that you can't continue with that starting rotation now to close out the game. Right. So that's just my, that's just my feeling. Especially if they're going to put Gabe Vincent on him, please. That's lunch meat all day. Punish him. Like, that's that's not someone who can guard RJ, especially if he wants to get downhill. Um, I'm sure they'll switch that up, but, I, I mean, I I really do. It's crazy to say this, but I, I have faith in him to make the right decision at this point. You've shown it, man. So, but let's, let's move to the other side, right? We, we know what we want to see from the Knicks. What do you believe Spolster is going to do at this point? Because, I mean, this, this, they, had, they, they had the opportunity to close out game five at Madison Square Garden, and they did it. And it was on, you know, it was a complete starting effort from everybody, right? With, with some good play from Obi in the second quarter, and you got some good benchments from Isaiah Hartenstein. What do you expect Spolster to do in order to try to become, what do you expect Spolster to do? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I would say two things. Um, Jimmy Butler came out after the game uh, five loss and he said, these are the playoffs. You know, I think he was asked about Jalen Brunson playing 48 minutes. And, and he said, these are the playoffs. So whatever you need, if you need your best effort for 48 minutes, um, that's what you need. And he said, if, if Spo calls my number to play 48 minutes, I'll be suited and booted to do that. And he said, and we'll win. I think that was uh, a not so subtle plea to his head coach to say, I'm, I'm, I will play 48 minutes if you need it. So that's number one. I expect that. And it's been a tired cliche, but it's very clear that Jalen Brunson is the head of the snake for the New York Knicks. I think the Heat will come out very aggressive defensively, whether that's doubling Jalen Brunson, hedging, showing, really being physical with him. What we've seen so far in this series, and uh, I'm not a big blame the refs guy, but in the games that have been in Miami, there's been a very favorable whistle uh, for the Heat, and I think they've been a very physical team all series, and I expect them on their home court to be very physical with Jalen Brunson. So I think they will try and trap. I think they will hedge. I think they will do whatever they can possibly to make other people beat them uh, because I think that they recognize that when Jalen is going well, not only does he get his own buckets, but he inspires and builds confidence within his teammates. So those are the main two things that I expect them to do for game six. Yeah, I think you hit, you hit the nail right on the head, Jeff. I expect them to be very aggressive trying to stop Brunson. I mean, he had 38 points. Uh, it was just, I mean, he, he led the show, right? I mean, obviously, RG played phenomenal. Randall played phenomenal. You got big contributions from Mitch, as we talked. All around. Even though Grimes didn't really not like hit, he didn't have a double digit points. Those eight points were very critical in what the Knicks needed yesterday just to create the spacing. I expect that to happen for Brunson. I expect him to try to stop him, double, triple, whatever it may be, to get him out of rhythm early uh, because that has worked to their favor. The question that I have for the question I'm wondering that Spolster does now is that you tried, do you go back? to fouling Mitchell Robinson like you did because he was able to knock down his free throws? Are you going to go back to doing that? Because if you think, if you're thinking about the Knicks in that situation yesterday where they had Brunson and Grimes playing 48 minutes, 
when you foul somebody, you're giving them a breather. It's, it's, it's a mini timeout, right. even though it's not a timeout. So do you want to go to that strategy again, especially late in the game? That's something I'm wondering if they're going to go through again. Another thought is how are you going to, you know, we had Greg Sylvander, we had Brady Hawk on the show from uh, five reasons sports, both of them. And they both noted how it's, if the heat are going to lose, let RJ try to beat him. Well, RJ is playing well. So how do you stop RJ at this point? Right? Because they did a good job maintaining Randall. And that's the big question for the Knicks is like, will Randall continue this, the solid play that he had because he's had an up and down postseason so far, but what are they going to do for RJ? Because he is at this point doing what he wants to do. And how do you stop that? Do you, I know they have Jimmy Butler on him. Are you thinking about doubling him? That's my question because if that's the case for the Knicks, then it goes back to passing ball movement, all those other things, recognizing what the defense throwing is throwing at you. I think they're going to rely on the law of averages. And I think they're going to continue to not focus heavily on RJ Barrett. Um, And if I was a coach, I might do the same thing too. You know, I I might say to myself, well, we have an 82 game sample size that says that, you know, RJ is an inefficient shooter. He's an okay free throw shooter. He's not super efficient at getting to the rim. Um, He hits threes at like whatever it is, a 33, 34% level. So I, if I'm, if I'm the coach, I'm still, Ultimately worrying about Jalen Brunson, uh, Julius Randle, second chance points for Mitch. I think if if you're cutting that three off, it's very difficult for the Knicks to score. So I, I don't I don't expect them to be really keying in on RJ Barrett, but that's but that's really a, a moment for RJ, right? Like RJ has to take that as a level of disrespect on some some level, you know, for the type of player that he believes he is. And he's got to say, okay, that's fine. I'm going to hit all the open shots that you give me. And then if I have open shots, I'm also going to attack closeouts and I'm going to make the right pass or I'm going to get to the rim and I'm going to score efficiently. He does that. And we have a really, really good chance of winning game six because, you know, Jalen Brunson is going to get his points. Even if you focus and key on him, I don't, I don't see any world possible that Jalen Brunson scores less than 25 points in game six. Even, even if they absolutely throw the kitchen sink at him because of how good he is. Julius is a little bit more of a wild card. But, you know, if you have RJ throwing in 20, 22, 24, also getting assists and boards, that puts us in a very good place to bring this back to game seven in the garden. Absolutely. I think the other thing to think about for Miami is that now with, Grimes back out there creating the spacing. You know, that's Max Struess who's who's on uh, on Grimes, right? Because so you're going to have Bam on Mitch. You're going to have yep. Kevin Love on, on Randall. Uh, Butler's guarding RJ. Vincent is on Brunson. It's Struess now. And you saw when Struess was guarding Josh Hart, he was able to edge a little bit more towards the paint and protect that area. My question is for Spo now, now with the spacing and you see Quentin Grimes out there, what do you do? Because now you're opening up lanes, right? Now that lanes are opening up for for rj for uh, rj randall brunson this is where you're like how do we do to, what do we do to stop that you know it, it, is it, it how do you wall off the paint again if you're going to have a shooter out there and if he's going to help, help contribute to everyone else getting in rhythm that's that's something i'm wondering for for uh for spolster on that side 
But once again, what was that? No, my bad. No, I was going to say, I think you got to play the lesser of two evils there. Um, You know, Grimes has hit threes, but I don't think he's hit them at a consistent enough clip. You're, you're always going to guard him. I, I don't, you can't help off him. And it's interesting, right? We're talking about Grimes and Hart and the change in the starting lineup from a Knicks perspective. And you know I'm a tips guy, Alex, but you do have to say on some level, you have to wonder about the decision to start Hart over him and what effect that may have had on the series earlier. Granted, you know, we do win game two, but, <laughs> um, you know, listen, you do have to wonder about it because – it completely changes the spacing in the offense. Um, and it's a headache for Spolster to deal with. I still think that ultimately they're not going to worry a lot um, about the outside shooting. I think that the, I honestly believe the things they're just going to focus on is keeping Brunson out of the paint, keeping him from, you know, really going off and then just boxing, whether it's putting two men on Mitchell Robinson, not letting him get second chance points. And they're going to kind of, they're going to kind of bet on us folding after that. They're going to say the Knicks are not a strong team enough mentally where if Brunson is not playing well and Mitch is not getting second chance points, they're not going to be able to overcome that. And I think that their game plan is going to be, we shore up that we're going to win game six. So I don't, I don't see them I see them worrying about Quentin Grimes, but not to an extent that those other two things I mentioned get um, kind of oversighted. I agree with that. And once again, we're talking to Jeff Campbell, KFTV's very own Jeff Campbell. He's our draft expert for KnicksFanTV.com. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button for your boys. And salute to all everyone in the chat right now. I see our channel members are in here. I see Son from Brooklyn, Robert Luis Santana. I see we still got some Heat fans in here. Some Heat fans really talking uh, talking some trash with uh, with our Knicks nation. I see some of that in here. I see some of that. Appreciate all you. But while you're over here, but you know what you got to do? You got to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Because if you're talking in the chat, if you're enjoying all this, make sure you hit that thumbs up button because you're enjoying the content. All right, Jeff, one more question. We're, we're going to wrap this thing up. What needs to happen for the Knicks to win tomorrow? Listen, um... It's another Brunson 48, man. I know maybe that sounds crazy, but... Another Brunson... First, my mind was thinking if you're thinking 48 points or if you're thinking 48 minutes. It might have to be both, uh, though. It's, it's, it's 48 minutes. Um, I, I really do think that... <laughs> I don't know. This guy, is, this guy has a, a level of heart and will that we haven't seen on this team in a really long time, and I think it's really special. And... Um, I, I think he needs to be out on the court as much as possible. And that, that's, that's my number one. And listen, you, you can't talk. We haven't really talked a lot about Julius Randle in this pod, but there's no question that uh, a large part of whether we advance to game seven or not is going to be on his shoulders. The first quarter Julius that we saw was selfish. He was not making the right decisions. He was taking his matchup with Jimmy personally. He was trying to dribble into the paint and bully guys and get calls. He was frustrated when the body-to-body contact wasn't going his way. But um, we need that third quarter Julius, somebody who's going to be patient, someone who's going to attack closeouts, make the right pass. 
he must have been he must have been responsible for at least three of the four threes that we hit in the third quarter just off his driving and kicking out to the perimeter alone. So if we have that Julius Randle, I feel very confident because that's a Randle that is in tune with what the offense needs, not necessarily. And I don't want to say like what he needs because I don't believe he's a selfish person. I think he wants to win and I think he cares about his teammates, but he does play selfishly because there's moments where he believes that the best chance is me scoring here, but it, it also could be me kicking out when I've dribbled three or four times and I'm not backing my guy down into the paint. He's not moving. I'm not getting a call. Now the decision is kick it out, reset the offense un- unless you're super late in the shot clock. So Julius Randle is going to play a massive part in whether we win game six or not. And then, you know, Josh Hart, of course, cannot have the same type of game that he had in game five. We need way more from him. And, you know, listen, the supplementary guys, of course, they have to play their role. Grimes hit at least three or four threes in that game. He's got to do the same thing. And he's not got to not smoke layups when he has a chance as well. Mitch has <laughs> got to be the block nest monster. He's got to hold it down in the paint. He's got to be really strong defensively. And we need to create second chance points through his activity. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the monster share of the responsibility, of course, is going to fall on Brunson and Randall. Uh, those are all great points, Jeff. And definitely the Randall portion is the one that has to be highlighted because when you look at the way how he played in game in game five, right, you, you just saw what he did. He, in, in the second quarter, he just changed his focus to getting to the cup drawing the contact, getting to the free throw line, uh, taking shots in rhythm, just being part of like a natural flowing offense, driving downhill in the third, in the third quarter and finding guys out on the perimeter. That's the Randall that we need. If we get that Randall, things are going in a good direction because then he becomes that guy that you have to double team. Like they're going to naturally double team him. But if he starts scoring and then you have to really focus on Julius Randall, that's when we start to get those opportunities for, for Brunson to get into a three-point rhythm. Same thing with RJ. That's what we, that's definitely numero uno for, for that because as we saw throughout the series, we saw, we've seen RJ have good games. We've, had, we've seen Brunson have good games, but it's not enough. You need Randall and, of course, the bench, right? You, you'd hope the bench can come through. I mean, without quickly, he's doubtful for tomorrow's game as we got. Thankfully, on that, no quinted Grimes on that injury report after what seemed, was a scare. So he's going to be good for tomorrow. But it's going to come down to the bench for Josh Hart, Isaiah Hartenstein, and Obi, what they can do in, in their in their minutes. Because look, Miami had forty points yesterday to the Knicks eight. They had over, I think they have forty one yesterday to the Knicks eight points, um, and that's just not going to cut it. So we need right. more from the bench. Uh, and look, if Brunson's going to be playing another forty eight, I'd expect Grimes to be up there as well, just because of the defense that he had. But I thought I think you had. Get the nail on the head on what you have to see from New York. But Knicks Nation, thank you for tuning in for another game of the week preview for game six, where the Knicks are back down in Miami. You can find it over on ESPN. They're going to be playing at 730 tomorrow. They'll be back down at South Beach, taking on the Miami Heat, trying to push this to a game seven. But thank you all for tuning in. Jeff, if you got anything coming up, please let the listeners know where they can find you. If you got anything coming out soon. 
everything on KnicksFanTV.com. Um, I'm sure there'll be some draft pieces. I'm, I'm sure there'll be um, anything related to what happens after this series, good or bad. Um, but always writing for KnicksFanTV.com for sure. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. And thank you, Jeff, once again. And we got, we got a super chat before we exit out here from Zay B with the $5 super chat. Appreciate you. It says, Heed's defensive strategy. Frustrate Randall and pull offensive and pull offensive foul fouls. Foul Mitch on offensive rebounds to prevent second chance points. Make JB play defense. Yeah, I mean, that's what they've been doing yeah. throughout this entire series. I agree with you 100%, Zay B. Definitely Miami's going to keep trying to do that because it's worked to their favor. But thank you all again, Knicks Nation. But remember, remember, don't only just tune into KnicksFanTV.com. Make sure to subscribe to this channel. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys, okay? And if you want to join the rest of the Orange and Blue faithful as New York is down in Miami, you know where you can do that? You can do that at the 4040 Club, Jay-Z's 4040 Club. So if you want to go hang out with all the other Knicks fans, you know what you got to do? You got to go off to KFTVPlayoffs.com. Go get your tickets over there. So make sure to go get your tickets. Go get there an hour before tip-off. Go get some drinks, you know. CP CP likes to do it up, man. CP will be there. He'll be hanging out in the mosh pit as well with the orange and blue. So make sure to go get your tickets over at KFTVPlayoffs.com and hang out over at Jay-Z's 4040 Club. All right, Jeff. Appreciate you for coming through. All right, Knicks Nation, we'll catch you later and salute. Oh, well, 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 before I get out there, salute to salute to all the salute to all the channel members. Salute to Knicks Nation. Salute to all the mods. All right, everyone, we out of here. <laughs>